This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce, and welcome to my channels. Today's guest is Ben, alias GNC-centric, who was recently kicked off Twitter and then kicked off of Medium for talking about or trying to state the fact that you might want to consider that there's a difference between the experiences of males and the experiences of females. Uh, in this discussion, we talk about her suspension, we talk about the things that she wasn't supposed to say, and we kind of wrangle around the issues that are having a huge impact on males and females because we're not allowed to speak about the differences between males and females. And uh, you know what? The only way to solve this issue of free speech is to practice our free speech and to, which goes to say, not just saying anything, but allowing the brain to do what the brain does best, what it's designed to do, which is to inquire and to process through different issues. And so here's me and Ben inquiring and processing for your listening pleasure. But she had surgery once and her chart says male. So they brought her the thing to pee like for a man. Yeah. Like, like yeah. everything doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're in pretzel world. It's not just okay. upside down world anymore. There's so many. It's different like, yeah, it's like wibbly wobbly. <laughs> People miss you. Yeah. Well, yeah, my I've been kind of busy with like real life stuff. So I've been kind of like not on YouTube very much. Yeah. Also, like my process to make YouTube videos is kind of nonsense. It's like I've just filmed the video over and over like seven times until I like it. But my videos are like 30 minutes long. So it actually takes like a whole day. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, at least you get good product out of yourself. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So what do you want to tell people that want to catch up with you? Like just a general sketch of how you're doing. Um, So I'm working on some detransition. Um like resources for people um, like for online i'm also working on doing some like meetups in real life um and since i've been suspended from both twitter and medium which is where i was like putting my like more professional seeming work on medium um i'm creating my own blog now so that it's like mine it's going to be on a private server so people can't censor me with their yeah Wait, why why do you know why you were suspended by medium I think, okay, like, you know this Caddy Montgomery, who's, like, the one that I was talking to on Twitter, who, like, I assume was the one who got me suspended? Because they were talking in the same thread as Fourth Wave Now, and then they were bragging about how they reported Fourth Wave Now, and we both got suspended, like, in the same thread at the same time. So I assume it's the same person. Anyway, um, on on medium i like added her like at and it's like a little link so she must have like seen that i was talking about her but i literally i just like said what i said in the tweet i was like i called this person a male in my tweet that's it and then my thing was taken down i don't even think there was an appeal process open to me for medium i'm not quite sure i didn't really i read the email like once but they were basically like you have committed hateful conduct or something so your account is suspended like please take your work like okay. transfer your work off of medium or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, um, I mean, detransitioners have a lot going against them. And one of them is that they, 
they have to detransition um, physically and mentally from the mindset of being the other sex. And it seems like it's a minefield to be able to talk about that and run into trans people. And uh, should you not say what you're dealing with? Should you not say that I'm trying to get back to an understanding of grounding my reality in my sex? And and then you come across somebody who is in still in a trans category and to violate that trans category by calling them a male or a female um, is is seen as hateful. So it, it seems like you guys need to form a network and then just uh, just not go there with other people. Is that what you're expecting? Yeah, to well, that's kind of what happens. Like, like, I'm sure, you know, like when you detransition, if you po- make like a Facebook post, like a life event or whatever, you're detransitioning, a lot of people will just like block you or unfriend you overnight. Um and then, like, people will start circulating on Tumblr that you're, like, a turf or something. So, like, automatically a lot of people don't talk to you. But, like, um, I know a detrans person who's friends with, like, a trans person. And the trans person is, like, an alcoholic and drug addict. And so my detrans friend keeps trying to, like, reach out to them and be, like, I'm here for you. Like, what do you need? That kind of thing. Um, but it's, like, very obvious that this person, the trans woman, that, like, a lot of her issues are rooted in, like, internalized homophobia and, like, a lot of her issues are, are like to do with her being trans and so my friend tries to talk to her about it um and be like but like based in reality of like your male body is distressing to you or something and this person like takes it like as a huge attack and they like block them on facebook every time they try to talk about this or something or they like block their number until like later when they like change their mind or something but it's like mm-hmm. you can't even talk to these people like they don't want to hear what you have to say so they just like that's it Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or if you do talk to them they'll like take screen caps and like circulate them on tumblr or something yeah so so with a community like that that's formed around these things and and why it was formed might be an interesting discussion because i'm sure it was formed under distress there was a lot of people who were working through distress and in the lgbt community reached out and, and established these communities online where they're helping helping each other and and so there's certain sorts of uh, adversity that's mixed in there already so that when part of their numbers i guess uh what's what's it called defect back to yeah. you know a more straight way or the the cis uh, the cis uh, yeah. countrysides outside then uh, that 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 might be the reaction that we're seeing might be a side effect of under the the conditions that they were formed under yeah like I know I talked about this before, but it's really like a cult tactic to be like, oh, those are like suppressive people or whatever, like as the Scientologists say, that they're like mm-hmm. outside the community, therefore they're harmful. They're like heretics who who preach against the ideology, therefore they're harmful. And if you're associated with the heretic, you're like guilt by association. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's some people have compared it to when you leave like a, like one of the person I talked to compared it to leaving Mormonism, that she left Mormonism. And, like, the way people, her family and people treated her is the way that the trans people treat detransitioners. That, like, they formed this community as, like, a way of being, like, we're all together, we have the same struggle, and, like, this is the solution. And then when mm-hmm. one person is like, yeah, I have the same struggle as you, I'm very similar to you, but the solution didn't work for me, or the solution made me worse, they're like, well, fuck, this is, like, our entire platform, so, like, fuck off and stay away from us, because this is our reality. Like... They're so desperate to maintain that this treatment is the only way that they they can't even, like, conceive of somebody actually being mm-hmm. dysphoric and actually needing something different to help them. 
Mm-hmm. A community such as is forming around like the LGB Alliance, which I, I'm hoping to uh, interview somebody from that alliance uh, could form. And, and there's also like there's this Reddit, uh, this subreddit that I've been following for a while called LGB Drop the T. And oh, yeah. it seems like there's a lot of uh, negative feelings between gays, lesbians, and bisexuals towards the the trans uh, the trans group in that. And there might be a lot of different psychologies going on in there. But I, I see a problem with the contention that could possibly form within LGB communities against the trans community is that they might have the opportunity to to have a, a place for detransitioners to land. Um, because yeah. the detransitioners are going to have to give up a lot. They have to give up their community, and then they have to undergo that entire stress, uh, the physical stress of detransition. They're going to need a support group, and yeah. they're already a minority within a minority within a minority. So who's going to help this? Yeah. Well, like, from what I've seen, a lot of – because, like, most of the detransitioners I know, like, not all, but most, seem to be, like, butch lesbians or, like, kind of gender nonconforming bisexuals. So mm-hmm. they're finding support within, like, the, like, kind of rad femme lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the LGB Alliance or, like, the LGB Drop the T subreddit, those people, they're not against, like, trans people, well, except for, like, people like Yaniv, obviously. But they're against, like, the ideology that, like, if you are gender nonconforming, that makes you a non-woman. Or yeah. uh, if yeah. you have dysphoria, therefore transition is the, like, they're against this ideology. So when somebody detransitions, most of them, the vast majority, have rejected this ideology after their personal experience of living through it. So it makes sense for them to join up with these other people who are rejecting the ideology. Um, okay. okay. But... What, what's happening is that when the trans people or like the even not even the trans people, but like the gender extremist types, when they see this, they're like, oh, see, they're like forming an alliance against us because they hate trans people. Um, or something that I saw recently was people were saying on Reddit that like one of these detransitioners was actually just like a rad femme like posting pretending to be a Jew transitioner like they literally think it's like some kind of a conspiracy against trans people but it's like hmm. a lot of the people like in L- who support like lgb alliance for example they're like they have like the pretty common experience of like lesbians who like for little kids think that they're supposed to be a boy or something and then they grow up and they realize oh i'm a lesbian and they're like looking and seeing these children who went through the exact same thing as them but are now being put on hormones and they're like what the fuck is going on so like I think they're just like seeing what's happening and they're upset about it and they want to talk about it. Um, that doesn't mean that they're trying to like attack trans people. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Well, it, it's also conflated by the fact that there are a lot of people who are treating you like, like what, what the treatment that you've received, like you've been kicked off and deplatformed. Like it's not enough for these people to uh, reject those who reject their ideology. They want to, it seems like there's a pattern of behavior that's backed up by these big companies of actually yeah. suppressing these yeah. alternate yeah. viewpoints. Well, not to be like too Scientology obsessed, but it's like they've done that kind of shit, like suing people who write books about them or something, you know, like to silence mm-hmm. them. That's more like, you know, hardcore. But yeah, like, okay. Um, so part of cult tactics is to um, suppress information or to disseminate misinformation. So even mm-hmm. before I got kicked off of Twitter, I was on 125 block lists. 
-hmm. So that's like a lot of block lists. So I assume that most like trans extremist types already have me blocked and couldn't even see what I was saying. So like my mm -hmm. information was only getting to like the people who wanted to see it anyway. But mm -hmm. at least on Twitter, like I had like um senators from the US talk to me, like journalists talk to me, like random psychiatrists from like all over the country like different countries talking to me, like because I was on there like publicly and now that I don't have Twitter, like these options are gone. So yeah. like um also with Medium, like uh, Medium is really really like gender extremist like protective I like i guess yeah there is like a lot a lot of people talking about like the like the awesomeness of pediatric transition or those kind of things or like how transition helped yeah. them with their mental health or whatever like tons and tons of articles about that so i would go and post my articles and i would like tag them like trans transition like those kind of things and then those people even if they were hate reading me they were still reading me and seeing what i had to say a bit like so i was still yeah. Or, like, people who were, like, not, not up to what's going on with gender critical versus, like, gender extremists, they would, like, mm -hmm. read what I have to say and be, like, think about it maybe. Um, but now, if I create my own blog, which I am, the only people who are going to read my blog are people who want to see what I have to say. Like, I'm not going to be, like, accessing, like, everyone the same way that I did on Twitter or Medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, you've effectively, like, put me in, like, a corner of, like, only gender critical or detrans people are going to, like, look me up and read what I have to say. Yeah. It, it, it's re it's a reversion back to a prior state of the Internet. So so there was an Internet, which was just a bunch of blogs and, and you know, uh, lists and forums. And then there was these companies that came through and collated or, or brought everybody together. There's these big platforms that came through. And then now you're being thrown back you know, 10 years or 15 years back to people actually have to look you up. And then all the search algorithms and stuff can work in your favor or not work in your favor. Yeah. The, 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 the algorithm is a platform too, you know, yeah, exactly. how, how are you going to get found? Like, um, when you used to search GNC centric, the first thing that came up was my Twitter feed, like, and from my mm -hmm. Twitter feed is like where people like started to understand who I was. So, my plan now is to just try and make like a lot of YouTube videos like very consistently because YouTube is yeah. one of the few places where I, I know for a fact because I get like I can read my comments. I know for a fact that a lot of gender extremists or trans rights activists somehow end up watching my videos and they're like, oh, you're evil and you suck, blah, blah, blah. But at least they like saw my videos. So like mm -hmm. I know that on YouTube I can like reach like a wider like variety of people. So for I'm going to try and like stick YouTube. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not even gonna, I'm never attempting to monetize my YouTube, like, because I don't even want to deal with that shit. Um, like, mm -hmm. Patreon is enough for me. Also, Patreon, I'm being careful. I don't want to be kicked off. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> it's like a minefield everywhere you go. And it's like, yeah. Like, I, like, I'm kind of almost scared to post. I've made like two or three drafts of like videos about the Megan Murphy event in Toronto because I was there. Um, but I'm almost scared to talk about it because, like, I mentioned Yeniv because that's, like, part of why Megan Murphy was, like, kicked off Twitter and stuff or why she was branded transphobic. And I'm almost scared to post it because, like, I don't know. People might report me and get my videos taken down or something. Yeniv is, is a fascinating case. He's – he's. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> that person. Openly misogynistic. I mean, the the way that every single person they've abused and targeted is consistently female, female sexed, yeah. like yeah. like uh, they, 
with a heavy quotes around that pronoun there. Um, love Blair White. Um, plays around with Blair White all the time. Blair White's a you know a male, yeah, I know. and yeah. I think that that Yaniv really enjoys uh, that attention, but also hates hates women. Yeah. That's yeah. a that's a difficult thing to suss out with that that portion or that 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 psychology of um, I don't even think that they're legitimately trans no matter how you cut it but yeah. but uh, you know it's, it's a minefield but I don't people think like Blair that, White I, agree with you like real transsexuals like Blair White they also agree with you like yeah. I don't see anything about this person that indicates that they have dysphoria to the degree that they like require medical or social transition they mm. just want to be seen as a woman for some reason but it's clearly not dysphoria with the way that they talk about themselves and other people and like the sexual stuff they're doing with teenagers like if you were honestly dysphoric you wouldn't be doing that kind of stuff Hmm. Mm -hmm. like if you you don't want to talk no No, sorry yeah no i was gonna say i was gonna get more explicit explicit into like dysphoria and sexual stuff but i maybe not it's not a good idea with the nf yeah, 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 I wanted to move away. From that. <laughs> yeah, let's move away from that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you don't want to talk about the Megan Murphy event, but you were there. Can you can you give no, us any I'll juicy tidbits it. of the? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I was kind of involved in like the organization or planning of it. So, can I was, you contextualize like, this for people who don't know what we're talking okay. about? Megan Murphy is like a radical feminist from Vancouver um, who she's one of the few people in Canada who talks about like how gender self ID and bill C 16, which like um, enforces gender self ID is harmful to females and women. Um, And honestly, like she wasn't that popular until all the trans activists started flipping out about her. So like congrats to them anyway. (laughs) So um, she's done a couple talks, um, like in Vancouver. Uh, she talked in Glasgow. She's done a couple talks in different places, like, um, and she often gets picketed, um, or like, uh, she gets like so many threats that they have to change the location of the event. Like, it's very, it's a very contentious situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, she was invited by um, a radical feminist group to Toronto, and. Um, so we uh, organized the event, and um, this was in October. It was October 29th, The event, I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah. October. Right. I also ended up in the hospital that night, so like I remember very clearly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Fun times. Uh, but okay, so we were having this event, and um, before the event even happened, um, people were like flipping out. Even our mayor, John Tory, was all like, "Oh, this transphobic person." disseminating hate speech blah 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 nonsense clearly doesn't even know what she talks about um lots of journalists are writing articles being like oh this transphobe is coming to toronto meanwhile like none of them actually quoted what she said or if they did it was like half a sentence um so this event was planned and the week before it was supposed to happen or the week before it happened um the toronto public library they had a board meeting and they had like this um, uh, like forum for people to um, depute about the Megan Murphy event. So there was a really uh, people really misconstrued the situation because legally, based on a lawyer I know who's done work on like this type of topic, 
they didn't have the option to cancel the event because Megan has not actually been convicted of hate speech, right? People tried to do that with one of her speeches in Vancouver. They tried to, like, they said they were going to bring her to court, but, like, I guess a lawyer looked it over and realized there's nothing you can bring her to court for because she didn't say anything hateful. Um, so that's the only situation in which they would, um, like, shut down the talk. So she hadn't been convicted of hate speech. So shutting down the talk would be, like, um, um, stopping, like, freedom of speech and freedom of expression, which, like, the public library is, like, for freedom of speech, right? So... There was never any chance that, this, that the event would be shut down. But these people clearly thought there was. I don't know what's, like where they got this idea. So Pride Toronto, um, the 519, which is like um, a gay community center in Toronto, which is like a big advocacy group um, kind of thing. And um, Glad Day Books, which is like another like institution. It's like the oldest queer bookstore in the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they all spoke, people from them. Um, a bunch of other random trans people spoke. And... A lot of them broke down in tears explaining about how they've been sexually assaulted or something. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, if Megan Murphy is saying that you're a male, the people who assault you are not being like, oh, I heard a radical feminist say this, therefore I'm going to, like, it has literally nothing to do with it. Also, like, we were, when I went up to talk, I was talking about, like, the legal, like, rights that she has to speak. And, like, they were talking about, they were doing appeals to emotion. Like, it has nothing to do with anything, really. Mm -hmm. Like obviously it's sad that they've been assaulted, but like that shouldn't stop someone else's freedom of speech, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so also it made me really angry because not a single one of them ever mentioned trans men. Everything was about trans women. And I know for a fact that one of the people who spoke has, um, sexually assault one of the trans women who spoke crying about her sexual assaults. I know for a fact that that person has sexually assaulted at least two trans identified females. And I was like, why the fuck is no one talking about the trans men? Because clearly everything is about, like, the, you know, hmm. we're not going to say anything too provocative. Trans women. Um, yeah. There's a big story there. Yeah, it really, really pissed but me we'll off. But we'll save it for another time, yeah. Yeah. So um, I went up to depute, and I was wearing this, like, vest with, like, all this, like, gay rights kind of stuff. Um, people uh, assumed that me and my girlfriend were there, like, on the side of, like, the gender ideologues when i went up to speak they all started booing and um i was basically i said like that was oh, the day that we had the deputations and the board meeting was also the day that the verdict for dianev was passed down so i went i read the verdict and i was like megan murphy said that yaniv is like using these laws to exploit and harass women the member who saw the human rights tribunal agrees and said yeah, Yaniv is racist. They're using these laws to exploit and abuse women. So she was vindicated. So why is it that when she's vindicated about this, she should be shut down for, she's from free speech when she's just speaking the truth? That's like what I said, basically. I mean, I'll give you a link. Somebody put it on Vimeo, what I said. Um, but okay. I'll give you a link. But um, yeah, okay. that's basically what I said. Um, I was like, she was accused of hate speech for calling, like, calling this out. And she was accused of being transphobic for calling this individual out and that's why all the media is like calling her evil but like this individual literally is doing what she said they were doing like so what the fuck is that mm. um and later at the event um like the next week i actually tried to talk to somebody about like one of the protesters about yaniv and they they acted like they had no idea what i was talking about every fucking queer person in canada knows what's going on with yaniv and they were like oh i have no idea what you're talking about Anyway, so at the deputation, 
one of the women went up and spoke. She talked about how um, her grandmother, who grew up in Yemen, who used to beg on the streets, had to get her hymen checked, even as like a four-year-old, because it would like bring dishonor to the family if she had been raped as a beggar on the streets. And that she was like, she only experienced this because she's a female. And then she talked about how like um, Boko Haram, they like um, kidnap or like enslave girls specifically because they want like sex slaves that they can make pregnant. She's like, you can't identify out of that. It's happening because they're a female. And all of like over 100 people who were at this deputation were booing her. I was like, does that mean you support Boko Haram? Like, can you think about what you're saying right now? One of them was yelling, your opinion is wrong. I was like, do you know what an opinion, like what? I would like, my girlfriend said it was like the scene from 1984 where they're all yelling at the screen. Like yeah. they were like in a, they were like frothing at the mouth yelling about, and I was like, do you even know what she's saying? Like, does that mean you support these like misogynist practices or something? I don't know. She had to be escorted out of the building by security because they were like yelling at her in the hallways, the trans activists. Um, when I was leaving, a bunch of them called me turf and they spit on the ground in front of me. Um, hmm. How, like, how was, was that for you? Um, it, I was angry. I was like, I was like, you fucking lesbophobes. I mean, I didn't use the F word, but I was like, you lesbophobes or something. Um, okay, yeah. I can't yeah, imagine I you being cowed by that kind of behavior. No, like, well, I was there with like a friend of mine um, who has like uh, experience with these types of like public event type things. And also like my girlfriend who's like, you know, so I was like safe. Um, <laughs> Like, she grew up in a war zone, so I think I'm happy with her. She'll keep me safe. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, it was really something, though, to see, like, there was literally one of the people who went up to depute looked like a man. They had, like, a shaved head and, like, a beard, and they were all, like, as a woman, I sit here today, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is even happening? Like, what do they... It, it was just, like, mind-boggling what was happening. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was the deposition. Is that the right word? I don't know. It's, it was a it was okay. a Toronto Public Library yeah. board meeting, but at the okay. end of it, so the that board, was the board, the board meeting. Yeah. So that was, but that's when I first got a taste of like how how crazy this event was going to be. Like when I first like saw of like, obviously not everybody who was going to show up to protest the event was there, but I kind of got a taste for it, right? So um, after that, um, a bunch of journalists reported on it, and they were all like, oh. The Toronto Public Library is supporting this transphobe, blah, 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 all kinds of horrible bullshit that doesn't make any sense. Like, they have to let her speak. Anyway, uh, so then the event happened. So I got there super early, and the people, I, I think at the end there was all over a thousand protesters. You have to understand, though, this is the smallest library in Toronto, like the smallest. It's like there's one washroom and it's like a gender neutral washroom that's like one stall. Like it's such a tiny library. There's like four tables to sit down and like one desk. And like it's so tiny. There was over a thousand protesters outside. Um, Megan Murphy had bodyguards. And at the beginning, there was like over 20 cops there because they were expecting like the queer activists to get out of hand. The protesters did this really strange thing where they were trying to do like a read-in because it's like a library and they had this one like trans poet poet uh, like such bad poetry and um they were like open a book and they were like reading one line of the poetry and then the whole crowd would repeat the line three times 
it was so creepy. It was like an occult wow. movie. It was really, really creepy. And there's like little kid people brought their babies in strollers and stuff, like little kids who were also repeating it. It was so creepy. Um, there was they were just yelling and screaming over and over again, like trans rights are human rights, trans women are women. And like of course a very little mention of trans men, obviously, because who cares? Um there was so many people with like posters and stuff, like uh people like there was also like fucking like former city council member was there um a sitting city council member was there like a former member of parliament for ontario was there like a lot of people who like you know had some kind of clout were there um on on the side of the protesters protesters. yeah Mm. um so things got pretty crazy so the event we had like cops there and we're checking people's IDs and checking their tickets to make sure, like, the right people are getting in. And um, people coming into the I talked to some people who literally didn't come to the event because they got there. There was a wall of protesters around the entire library, and they said they physically could not get into the library, so they left. So good job, protesters, mm-hmm. I guess. But, like, mm-hmm. other people, like, my, my, my girlfriend was kind of acting as, like, um, an escort on the outside of the building. Um, and she said, like, the trans activists were, like, stopping, like, women who were trying to get in and being like, you don't have to go here. Like, you don't have to do this. Like, we can talk about this or something as if they had been forced to go or something. Um, some, one of the trans activists had a sign saying, like, I don't remember what exactly it said, but it was basically, like, the event is this way. And it was pointing, like, the other direction to, like, some trans activists who were trying to talk people out of going. Um, (laughs) Eventually, they were on, like, the steps of the library. You literally had to, like, push through their bodies to get into the event. Um, But some of the female cops were, like, kind of pushing them out of the way and being, like, these people have a right to be here. Like, you have to let them in. Yeah. So it was, like, really fucking intense. Um, What was the... What was the content? What was this thing that was so deadly and dangerous that Megan Murphy said at this specific event? Literally, I expected it to be way more controversial than what she actually said. She was like, oh, uh, women in sports are having their scholarships taken away and they're losing like their livelihood of like being a top athlete. And then she was like, oh, we have 10 um, males in female prisons in Canada and half of them have been convicted of sexual crimes. Like, let's think about that. Let's talk about that. We should be able to talk about that. Or she was like talking about how what happened to the vancouver rape relief where they were like like nailing dead rats to the door and like spray painting and she was like these are like just rape victims going to a support group and this is what they have to walk through like i don't know like she didn't say anything like uh, like trans people deserve xyz trans people are like she didn't say anything specific that was harmful um yeah i like she barely actually addressed like she addressed like what's happening in the law, what's happening with the ideology, what some of the extremists are doing, but she didn't address like trans people as a whole. So like she never said trans women are not women. She said trans women can like identify as women, but they're male, which is like true. Otherwise, why would they need transition? Why would they need SRS if they're not male? Well, even if it's true that that specific uh line of uh that specific statement is what got you kicked off of now two major platforms so yeah um do you want me to finish up the megan murphy thing now yeah sure yeah well there's the afterwards so i just want to know um yeah so 
as we were leaving, um, we were supposed to go out of the front of the library, but by then the protest had gotten like so insane. Like that's when like they really reached the peak was like the end of the event um, that the cops started escorting us to go out of the library um, at, at the back. I mean, um, so as soon as the event was over, like Megan Murphy and her bodyguards, they were gone, like, like right away gone so that she was safe. Um, but like us normal people, we started to go out the back of the library, but there's like um, like a little hallway to the back door, and on each side there was like a line of protesters who they were screaming, "Trans women are women, trans rights are human rights," or something. And I was like, nobody is contesting that like trans people shouldn't have rights or something, but they were just like screaming and frothing at us, like you couldn't speak to them. Um, hmm. And we had to walk through this to get out the back door. And once we got out the back door, there's like an alley beside the like, like the library, and the protest was so huge that people were like kind of in the alley. And when they saw us coming out the back door they started chasing us so we literally like ran down an alley and then we did like we went in like random circles around the neighborhood to make sure we weren't being followed um was anybody yeah, I, assaulted at all or was it just uh did it no the cops okay, um from what i heard some like tense situations happened with the protests but the cops like tried like de-escalated things before anything got violent um hmm. Like, just, like, separating people and being, like, can you do your own thing or whatever. Um, yeah. The, but my girlfriend who was um, out there, she said there was a, this random free speech guy. that he Like, he wasn't a feminist. He was just a free speech person. Um, he had, like, some signs about free speech. And, like, the trans activists were being, like, slit your wrist and drink bleach, you asshole, or something. Like, to his face. Like, like really horrific shit. Um, also, I don't think that the trans activists thought this through at all. If you condemn Megan Murphy's free speech because a big group of people don't like what she has to say, what the fuck is going to happen when you try and post, like, host a gay event and then you have, like, a bunch of, I don't know, like, conservative Christians who are like, oh, this is, like, against my whatever. Like, then they can shut you down. Like, it works both ways. I don't know if anybody thought of this. Anyway, so the protesters chased us out of there, which was crazy. Um... Thank God there were so many cops there, because, like, it was really nuts. I wonder, By the time we did, you, did you get a number of how much that cost, the city? I'm I not wonder. sure, but be, they, they okay. were there because it was, like, a public library event. So they weren't there, like, for, like, the Megan Murphy thing. They were there for, like, the public libraries, like, safety. Yeah, but still, that's taking resources from the city, yeah. from fighting actual crime. Well, yeah. Um, also, like... I'm not sure if I'm supposed to share this, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, there was a cop who used to be in the hate crimes division who he went inside of the event and stood and watched what Megan Murphy had to say. And according to him, nothing even approached hate speech. And he used to like work in that division. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm then, still I'm still not I'm, I'm still trying to wrestle with uh, something like that. The like hate crimes division or what a hate crime is. Um, well, I mean, I guess, I mean, I can understand. I, mean, what I, it, I know it. it, it I, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely a nuanced thing of like, yeah, yeah. like every single time a trans person is murdered, it's not necessarily because they are trans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Well, that's an actual murder, crime. But like I was just because they were gay. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just it's very easily it, it very easily morphs. Like I was reading the Washington Post and they wrote a, a story about like a swastika that was drawn in a college restroom. Right. Just like I don't that's two lines. 
but they're like a possible hate crime of swastika being drawn. Like, how is that a crime? How is it's it a crime to write on a wall? Person for like that purpose, like maybe, maybe it's, it's a it's hate like, misdemeanor or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I don't know. I don't. Really I mean, like I understand topic, but I'm like, yeah, I, I think that like the the tr- the trans lobbyists or extremists or whatever they've really latched onto this like human rights thing and hate and like like hate crime thing um but just like how they don't understand free speech they obviously don't understand actually what a human right is or actually like with rights come responsibility like if you have the right to do xyz you have the responsibility to uphold xyz in society like they don't obviously don't know or don't care like same thing with like um hate crimes i assume they're just like any single person who is of xyz group and gets hurt therefore it's a hate crime and it's like if you actually looked at like the circumstances maybe it's not a hate crime maybe it's a domestic issue or something you know what i mean like well how do you how do you modify i guess you don't want to you want to start your own blog but like just giving advice or just thinking out loud about how does one modify their behavior so that they're not inciting hate against trans people and still asserting their their understanding what reality is with well, regards to all you sex. have to do is conform to the cult's acceptable language okay so what my offense what let me find my tweet my offense here okay so i called this i said to this person um i'm gonna like skip like the first part just the last sentence is what um is relevant i said you presume to know the female motivators for transition when you are in fact male when I wrote this tweet, I first wrote when you are, in fact, male-born. And then I was like, no, born male. And then I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't have to, like, couch my stuff in, like, if you say that somebody is born male, it's like assuming that they've now transitioned to be actually female, which I don't believe you can do. So I was like, I'm not going to use their language. I'm going to use, like, the language of reality. This person is a male. End of story. I could have used AMAB, assigned male at birth. I could have used, like, you know, like, queer language, and then it might have been okay. But like I'm pretzel language, yeah. I'm I'm done like censoring myself in that way, and I'm done like kowtowing to their like delusional based like language. Like it's assigned male at birth. It's just it, if you actually think about what those words mean and like the history of what it means to be assigned at birth, like it just doesn't. I'm just done with that shit. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so now it's you, coercively assigned male at birth, but whatever. But 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 it's a really serious issue because what you were saying in that tweet, if I can extrapolate, not having read the conversation, was that the the motivators behind a female transitioning to male are separate than those that would are distinct from those that would uh, you know motivate a male to transition into a female. And if you can't talk about the those two things as different categories, it gets muddled. You can't actually look at what is causing somebody and all the different steps to actually suss out why a female would need to go, need to go or want to go into that entire process. Yeah. Well, what I was referencing was, um, I don't remember the timeline for it, but, uh, there has been a 4,400% increase in females under the age of 18 being referred for transition in the UK. 4,400%. Where in science do you see a number like that and you're like, oh, that's expected, that's normal? Like, th- it's it's a ridiculous um, inflation of what were what was expected by, like, the NHS's gender identity services. So clearly there's something going on that we need to look at. This is not 
like no problem like easy peasy this is something is happening and i was like we need to talk about what is happening why this is happening like this because if you look like 10 years ago most people transitioning were males like the numbers were a little bit more male and now it's like way more female so something has changed either in like the way service is provided or in the way that the community is supporting females to transit like something has changed and we need to talk about it and the gender ideologues like the one who i was talking to caddy montgomery they're like oh no you see the data is being collected differently now or they're like oh no you don't understand like if you look at the trajectory of how many people are transitioning this is actually what we should have expected or like they have all of these like arguments that like if you just look at the cold hard facts their arguments don't make any sense um Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and like exactly like you were saying like females transition for different reasons than males um teenagers transition for different reasons than adults kids who present as gender non like like little children who present as gender non-conforming or have dysphoria is a whole different game than adults like so what queer theory does really well is that they like group people together or they group things together that don't really make much sense and then it's all like a vague mess so you have like autogynophilic men or like fetishists grouped with like teenage onset female dysphoria rapid onset gender dysphoria like like all of these things are grouped together and it's like oh it's the same problem same treatment but it's like actually no if you sat down and talked to these people you would see like oh a lot of these females have trauma a lot of these females feel that they're inadequate to um be a woman in society like if you sat down and talked to them it's like a completely different thing than like an adult male who is like i want to be a woman because i've always wanted to like wear lipstick and heels and it's not socially acceptable for me to do that or like it's it's a completely different thing so like why are they all being treated as the exact same so like that's part of what i do is like i constantly ask questions it's like my thing ask questions as much as you want get as much information as possible like it it doesn't it shouldn't there should be no questions off limit if you actually want to understand what's going on so yeah yeah uh so this person is all like saying that detransitioners are political pawns and i don't know other nonsense like that yeah so basically to like discredit us like oh don't listen to them because they're just like Okay. Full of whatever, or they're talking. And, and for- probably they've this person has done this enough to know that that all they need is a certain reaction out of you to sh- to silence well, you. So they're going to keep badgering what, um, you until. Some detransitioners have like been tweeting about it, um, and like retweeting it and talking in like in like um, private DMs, saying like avoid this person, block this person, because they literally go to detransitioners' Twitter feeds and like bait them, being like, oh, I'm here to support detransitioners, I'm totally on your side, and then it's like they have a conversation with them, and then they report their tweet and get them like kicked off. So like this is like this is their game. They're meticulous about it. They have a goal. They know what they're doing. They're baiting people. And then getting them kicked off of Twitter or suspended from Twitter. Like, this is what they're doing. So, I don't know. It's really hard to fight against somebody who knows how the Twitter system works and wants to get people kicked off of Twitter. Like, there's not much Mm. you can do other than, like, block this person and not react to them. But, like, there's others like them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 like you said, you, you might just need to just adopt their language, and then therefore adopt their worldview, and therefore they win, and and you're like, stuck yeah. in, in using their dissociation language. between what what you see reality is and what they are enforcing yeah. reality. To be. Like their language is doublespeak. By like using doublespeak, you're conceding that this delusion is more real than reality somehow, or more important than reality, and like. 
I'm fucking done talking in doublespeak. I want to speak mm-hmm. plainly and say like what is happening clearly. Well, there was this there was this uh, beautiful tweet. This woman uh, in the wake of the J.K. Rowling uh, debacle or her tweet and uh, all the fallout of that. A lot of people came out and made different arguments on different sides. And one woman was making the argument that category doesn't matter. And she said, quoting her. Somebody asked, well, how do you know, how do you differentiate a man and a woman if we discard physical reality? And this person said, it's a glorious mess and somehow we know whether we are men or women or neither and there's no need to define a real man or a real woman. That's led to oppression. And I understand that, 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 that any cat- to them, any category leads to oppression. But in reality, the lack of category leads to disaster. You can't actually def- – if you can't define a problem, if you can't define the terms, if you can't look at objects as objects, but it's just one beautiful hummus, uh, you know, just pulverized, food-processed chaos, then then that's going to lead to disaster. Like you were saying at the beginning that we, we cut out about like what about these what about these women what about these biological women going through transition and then this this system that that's built to help people doesn't understand that a male and a female is different or is not allowed to understand the differences anymore yeah. what's going to happen to these people they're just going to be the people who are going to suffer the most are the people who are being championed by this yeah. movement yeah like um The easiest way that I can explain this that people will understand is, like, if you won't concede that someone who is black is black, then how can you have affirmative action if you can't recognize them? Right? So, like, same thing. Like, if you can't differentiate who's a female and who's a male, then how do you have female-only rape crisis centers? Like, or, like, there's, like, special scholarships in STEM that are for women. Are they going to be getting them now if, if you can't tell who's a woman? Like, everything like that now, it's like you said, it's like you make it a big mush and then it doesn't help anyone. Um, Mm. Yeah. I don't know, like... And the ultimate reality for them is oppression. The ultimate reality is whoever can prove that they suffer most, which is just the the person that's crying the loudest. You know, it's yeah, yeah, it's an oppression Olympics, but but it devolves into not even Olympics Olympics anymore. It's just a nursery with a bunch of babies, and the loudest one is going to get the most resources. It's like 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 those the chicks in the in the in the nest situation. And it's funny that like the loudest one always happens to be someone who was born with a penis. Like shocking. Um, like how many trans men can you name off the top of your head who are working on like trans advocacy or who are on like a board of like GLAD or something like that? Like there's almost none. So it's like you said, whoever talks the loudest, which like if you look, um, in like sociology and stuff, it's like a recorded or psychology. It's like a recorded phenomenon that like males talk over females males are more assertive females will like let men talk over them stuff like that like it's literally the same thing in in the trans movement you have all of these male-born people who are like leading shit and then you have all these female people who are like following them and it's Mm -hmm. like just because you said you're trans doesn't mean everything has changed like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whoever talks about this and again if you can't recognize the pattern of a male and a female if if you're not allowed to recognize that pattern, it's it, the power dynamic isn't going to change at all. It's just going to go underground, and, yeah. and there's going to be a bunch of gaslighting. Well, that's exactly that was- what happened. So um, I know, like, I would say the majority of 
people I know who are trans men or used to be trans men have been sexually or physically assaulted by trans-identified males. So I know that I'm like horrible now, transphobic stereotype, blah, blah, blah. But what happens is that they're like, oh, well, you have male privilege. You were the man in the situation. You had the power. So why didn't you stop them? And it's like, no, this person has a female body and this person has a male body and they pinned them down. It's like the female and male identification doesn't stop this kind of thing from happening. Or once it does happen, then you can't talk about it because they're like, oh, well, how could you do something so transphobic as to call a trans woman a rapist or something? And it's like, yeah, like, hmm. these voices are not amplified. They're silenced. So they're not, it's not being addressed. Um, mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, pretty famous, well-known trans people who are, like, known rapists. Like, um, Ellie Ehrlich, I think is the name. They run the trans student education resources, TSER, and they mm. have like admitted to raping someone. And it's like there's screen caps on the internet, and they still run this organization that is like for educational net, um, tools for like high schoolers. And it's like because they're the loudest about being the most oppressed, anything that's happening with the females in the or in the community is, is you can All overlook their... it. Yeah, all of their oppression gets uh, ex and like swept under. The just because this this trans woman maybe has been like assaulted by another man doesn't mean that they're assaulting females is like somehow cancel each other out. It doesn't work that way. Um, mm -hmm. Like I know um, one of the people I know who was um, assaulted, sexually assaulted, a trans man who detransitioned. They were assaulted by a trans woman who was a prostitute. So, like, just because this person is being, like, abused by men every day doesn't cancel out the fact that they abused a woman. Like, they seem to think that because they've been hurt, that, like, they, I don't know, like, it, hmm. it's really fucked up the, the dynamics in the community. Um, well, yeah, I, you know what? You'll I, try and tell your friends about it, and they'll be like, let yeah. me explain to you why this wasn't actually a rape. Or let me explain to you why this person is so much more oppressed than you that even if you said something, it's, like, not right of you because you're, like, com com contributing to their oppression or something. So then, like, mm -hmm. like you said, gaslighting. Mm -hmm. That's why I mentioned this. Like, it's all mm -hmm. gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the way down. It's a yeah. gaseous planet. That's a lit. Or soon will be. So th there's two ways of going about this. And one is to call out the bad actors and to call out the uh, bad behavior. And that that's absolutely valid and it needs to happen. But there's another thing to do, which is just to build a support network for people who are going to eventually get out of there, uh, get out of this. And, and I think that what you're involved in and a lot of other people are involved in are trying to just establish resources for people who want to look at the world differently after, after transition or, or mm -hmm. want to, uh, you know, reassess their transition in a way. Mm -hmm. What are some of the resources that, that you're developing or some of the people that you think should be top followers for people who are going through these issues? Um, Okay, so Carrie Callahan is somebody to watch out for. Um, Karina Cohn, I think that's how you say mm. the name. Um, Karina, yeah. Charlie Evans. Um, off the top of my head, that's who I can think of. There's other people mm -hmm. too, but that's who I think of off the top of my head. Um, what's what's the theme? What's the theme that that that? What, what's something that you think that they're providing that, that, that could strengthen somebody in this detransition process? They are questioning the medical process that is affirmation only, no questions asked. 
they're questioning like what is actually healthy for the long-term health of people who have dysphoria what is the actual like most evidence-based way to help them get better um and they're trying to provide um like an outlet so that detransition people and trans people both ways can talk about like the how the medical system either hurt them or didn't help them properly something like that um Mm -hmm. so the gender care Oh my gosh, I forgot the name of it. We'll link it down there. there there's so yeah. many different. <laughs> there's but there's one organization that it's it's for trans people and detransition people, and it's Gender Care Consumer Network. I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm that's wrong, but whatever. Uh, they're they're working on like, so they they take it from both the detrans perspective and the trans perspective, but like mm-hmm. they. Yeah, so they're trying to, like, look out for people, but they're not, like, um, ideological about it. They're, like, science-based about it. Um, mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do right now um, is establish a network of therapists in Canada who are willing to do, like, sliding scale payments or, like, Skype um, therapy or something, like, for Canadians who are detransitioning. Because one of the problems you have is if you have any issue with your gender or sexuality, they always send you to the same LGBT networks that were the ones who gave you the therapy to tell you that you're trans or to enforce your um, transition. Like, so mm. when you're detransitioning, you're like, oh, doctor, I need help with my gender stuff. And the doctor will be like, oh, yeah, sure. So they send you back to the same people and they get the same fucking therapist. And the therapist is like, but you were so happy when you were transitioning. What's wrong? What's going on now? Like, oh, but you passed so well. It doesn't make sense for you to detransition. Like, you're basically a man now. Why would you try to, de- like, so... These so the therapists- affirmation never stops. And therefore, yeah. the questions can never take hold. Exactly. Um, so we need therapists who are willing to, like, actually work with people and be like, okay, this is how you were traumatized. This is, like, the medical trauma you experienced. Like, this is the early childhood trauma that caused some of this. Or, like, to actually explore, like, why you have dysphoria how you can help alleviate the dysphoria partially. Um, and then also like to help you deconstruct like your experience of transition, because it's like really like a huge mind fuck. Um, like I, you can't even imagine somebody who's been using like only male washrooms for like 10 years. When they go to the washroom, they automatically walk to the male washroom and they're like, Oh wait, I'm a female now. And they're like, but do I actually have the confidence to go into the female washroom now that I'm so like masculine looking like it's such a huge, um, it messes with your brain so much. Um, hmm. And like, so you, we need therapists who are willing to like help with this issue specifically. Uh, another thing we need is um, doctors because I know people who've like, they've gone back to their endocrinologist or something and they're like, they act as if it's a self harm to go off of your hormones to study to detransition. Um, or it's a self harm. So the doctors yeah. are saying well, you're harming yourself by reverting to your natal sex. Yeah, because they're like, well, you were diagnosed as trans, so then you should be transitioning because that's the treatment. End of story. Wow, it's and so weird that we're in this synthetic world that you you proceed into such a synthetic world that the natural world itself is evil or unnatural. Yeah, yeah. like um, you you have these doctors who are like looking at the the chart of a female born person that says male and they're like oh well for male your testosterone levels are low so let's up your uh, let's up your t and it's like i know people who've gone back to their endocrinologist and be like i want to revert to like my then my natal body chemistry like i want my body chemistry to reflect that i'm a female i want to be like natural and normal again and the endocrinologists are just like 
well, we don't really like have any specific protocols for this type of a situation or like I'm not comfortable helping you with this type of. Th-. So like they basically like blow them off. Um, also, like I know somebody who they wanted to change their sex back like legally. Um, so they went to the doctor and their family doctor who like is like at a trans clinic and they were like, can you write me a letter to bring to like the the DMV or whatever to change my sex? And the doctor's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then like four months later, the doctor like never wrote it. They're not interested in writing it. Like their entire job is affirming people transitioning. Can you imagine how it would look for them to write a letter to be like, no, mm. this person will actually shouldn't have transitioned and their mental health is better now that they've detransitioned? Like mm. they they're set up to do one thing. And like, if you're not doing that thing, they're not there to help you. Um, I'll shoot snow ladders. Exactly. Like you can go in, but you can't get out. So yeah, we need doctors to help with that kind of thing too. The Sarlacc pit of (laughs) gender therapy. Jeez. Sorry. Uh, It's a minefield to talk about this stuff. And, and I think that it's important. I mean, this is a, a, a meta conversation or a conversation about communication and how do you go about, establishing these networks that don't that aren't perceived as hated or as hate groups and then that don't uh, accumulate a bunch of hate like with the Megan Murphy event with your you're being deplatformed with all these different people being deplatformed how do we talk about these issues what are we allowed to talk about how do we how do we go about presenting uh, the paths for people to to speak about these things or say you know discussion zones where where discussion is the rule not deplatforming yeah, well, that's part of why I wanted to be involved with the Megan Murphy event was I was thinking like Megan Murphy is just saying like fact-based, reality-based things, statements. She's not like promoting an ideology. She's just being like, yeah, these people are male or these people are female or this is what's happening in the law. So she's just stating facts. And for just stating facts, the gender ideologues lost their freaking minds. Right. So in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what if we ever have a detransition um, event and we're just stating facts like this is we don't have enough data about this or this is like the anecdotal evidence we've seen in these hundreds of people. Like if we're just stating facts and the gender ideologues will lose their minds again. So, like, I think that it's we need to be able to, like you said, we need to be able to have a place where you can be have like a forum to discuss things, especially like um, self ID and everything. Like it's a very nuanced topic. It's not a shut up and do this. It's it's very nuanced. We need to be able to discuss it. Um, so like detransition is extremely nuanced, and we need to be able to have um, discussions and forums and like um, like open communication about it. And like as we've seen with the like gender ideologues they like to just shut down detransition people or um like discredit us or dismiss your lived experience is hate speech yeah no i literally was okay one time i was tweeting and i was like um when i identified as a male and told everyone i was a male and told myself i was a male and looked down at my body and saw i was female that's when my dysphoria was at its worst and somebody commented saying like how dare you call a trans man a female and i was like this is literally my fucking experience with my body like, who the fuck are you? Like, why is it that in the queer community, lived experience is, like, the number one most important thing? It, it, it overrides data. It overrides science. It overrides history. Right? But when it comes to my Affirmation only. Yeah. When it, when it comes to my experience, though, it's like, oh, well, it contradicts the experience of XYZ people who are more important than you, so shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, or they're basically, like, detransitioners are collateral damage, but it's acceptable because trans people are so oppressed and need so much help. 
like yeah we need to be able to have open discussions and forums and stuff so um it's happened like a bit like um like um transbra this podcast with mars and this other person yeah so like they're trans people who are talking to detransitioners um on some of these um networks that we were talking about um like the gender care consumer network or whatever um there's like detransitioners and trans people both on like the board of directors so like people i think it's starting to happen slowly with the more like um kind of reality-based transsexuals who are like yes i'm a male that's why i have surgery or hormones or something or that's why i have dysphoria so Hmm. it's happening but uh part of the problem is that the trans community is pretty big and it's pretty segmented into like trans medicalists too cute like so even within the trans community there's like all kinds of like fights um Mm -hmm. already so it's hard to like even if you connect with part of the trans community the other half is going to say that you're evil and hateful Hmm. right so like it's it's really a bipolar or well not even bipolar it's more complex than bipolarity and stuff but but i think it all comes down to the 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 manner of communication dictates the 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 community and and its rules and then the kind of people that it attracts and that gain power in it if if adversity if fighting against diversity is what brings everybody together that then they're going to eventually just need to be fighting all the time uh, it, just like the, the the ground rules what what brings people together is going to manifest and, and the overall structure and stuff. So if if I just uh, to bring it back to not a war, I guess kind of a warning, but like if if we concentrate on the bad actors, then we are at risk of becoming uh, obsessed with the bad actors and then losing sight yeah. of being well, helpful people ourselves. That's when I was on Twitter. Part of what I would do is um, so when you're really really in the cult, as I say like the queer community when you really really believe that gender identity supersedes sex and reality like it's really hard to talk to somebody like that unless you use the language that they know because otherwise they literally cannot understand the concept you're explaining to them so part of what i would do was like if some trans man came into my things and started talking to me my um, notifications start talking to me i would like purposely use the language that they that they understand to communicate what it is i'm trying to say because like Hmm. I'm trying to reach these people. Um, Like, I want to communicate with them on their level so that they can understand. Like, that's something that detransitioners and people who, like, lib femmes or former liberal feminists or former queer theory people who become radical feminists, that's something that they can do is they can get on their level and explain to them with their own concepts Hmm. and their own language, like, what it is that you're trying to say. Um, Part of what you were saying, though, is, like, with, like, the always fighting is, like, a big part of being, like, uh, like an activist now online is basically attacking people who oppose you, which like, I'm not sure how much like, like what you're actually doing, like how much it's accomplishing. But like, so I grew up as a teenager, like, and literally like, like I would spend half my day, like finding like conservative Christian homophobes and like just yelling at them that they're like hateful and evil or whatever. And like, I thought that I was like doing activism or whatever. And like, this is like what was taught to me. This is what I saw. Like on Tumblr, it's like people would do like call out posts or something and they would just have like thousands of like reblogs. So this is like what people learn for years. And then you can't expect them to do something else when that's like what they think activism is and that's what they've been doing like they think like fighting against people is activism when it's like activism Mm -hmm. is like building networks or building grassroots organizations or like helping get resources to people when it's not just like yelling at people on the internet um Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, I made a post uh, the other day that kind of called out that that phenomena of if if you're trying to change the world and you go about coercively coercing everybody into being non-discriminatory like it, it doesn't work what you have to do is be positive about it and i phrased it kind of fancily because there's another conversation that i'm having but i get called out for being on the side of hate because I'm trying to say that the tools to fight hate are themselves going to turn into hate if you're not careful. If you if yeah. you don't use the correct tools to fight against this thing, that thing will override your yeah. entire project. Well, like that's also part of the problem, like especially with like turfs. So like as soon as somebody trans or in the queer community or like a liberal feminist sees somebody as a turf then they're like a free-for-all you can hate this person as much as you want and Mm -hmm. part of the hate is like shutting down any thought about this person it's like once you hate them they're like not even a human you don't have to think about what they have to say so it like like you said like it stops communication i actually made a video about this how like the turf is like a thought-stopping um word um like it yeah it's like Really, yeah, it's, it's like, worth. People call it like a slur, but it's not a slur. It's it's worse than a slur. Uh, I, I guess maybe that that's the the essence of a slur is to is to shut down anything but but a, a specific negative viewpoint on on that which has been labeled this thing. Yeah. Well, I think I don't want to comment on whether or not it's a slur, but I definitely will say like as soon as somebody is called a turf, there's yeah. a free for all of death threats and rape threats. So like, yeah. that. The word obviously has very harmful um, it's a tag. consequences. It's a tag. Yeah. Like, go, all the sharks, go, this this is an easy target, or this is the target yeah. right now. Yeah. So, yeah, like, communication, it's, like, really hard. Um, especially, like I said, I was on 125 block lists. People would constantly be like, oh, you should check out GNC-centric's videos or something. And I would click on the tweet, and the tweets above are all, like, 25 of them are all, like, you can't see this. Or, like, yeah, I would be in a conversation with somebody, and I would scroll up, and, like, every other tweet, I can't see it. Because I'm on so, I was on so many fucking block lists. Like, mm-hmm. they, they don't want to communicate. They don't want to understand the outside view, which is mind-boggling. Like, feminists of, like, old school would be like, oh, why do these people oppose abortion let's understand their let's understand why they feel that way why they're advocating that way what they're doing about it and then we can like have a counter argument right the feminists the liberal feminists now they don't want to know anything about the other side they just want to shut them down and like hunker down in their position which is like Hmm. kind of like infantilizing yourself like you're not that stupid if you wanted to like figure out what's going on you could um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it really pisses me off that, like, these people are basically taught to stop thinking. Don't think, just regurgitate rhetoric. And if somebody says something different, tell them to shut up and regurgitate more rhetoric and ignore yeah. them. And like, then accuse accuse them of regurgitating rhetoric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I I don't know. But it's also, like, after so much, it's like I said, like, it's a learned behavior. After so long of just regurgitating rhetoric and, like, not acknowledging what other people are saying that's different than you, like, you literally cannot accept that information like you can't process it because you've been doing this behavior for so long like it's Mm -hmm. really hard to reach these people um like i care way more about reaching the dysphoric young people online than i care about like calling out these bigger trans um like um bad actors in the trans community like um Mm -hmm. that's not what i want to use my platform for and also i don't think i have the power to actually do anything about these bad actors so um Mm -hmm. like i'm way more concerned with like 
dysphoric people who are like, I think I'm trans. I'm not sure if I should transition. Like, what are the pros mm-hmm. and cons? Like, I am way more concerned with like those kind of people or people who've like been in the queer community for a long time who have experienced some negative things and who want an out but are having trouble getting it out because it's like um, their emotional dependency or something like that. Like, I'm way more concerned mm-hmm. with those people and like reaching those people. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, but you're on your way. As long as you're allowed to do it, you're going to do some good work. Well, hopefully YouTube doesn't fuck me over, so we'll see. Well, have you been, uh, since your ban, have, have people been figuring out how to reach you? Have you gotten support? Oh, I've gotten a lot of more YouTube subscribers. Just, I, good. Um, yeah. Uh, and then some people have been emailing me. People that mm-hmm. like I was friends with on Twitter. Um, and then also I'm, I'm on Spinster. I don't use it very much because it seems to me like some kind of like no offense to Spinster, but it's like a demented version of Twitter. I'm not totally into that. Like I was, I've been on Twitter since like for like ten years, so you know, like, like what's going on? Um, Wait, it's a demented version of Twitter, which is a demented version of the public square. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, no offense to Spinster. Like, good job to the people who made it, but that's how I feel about it. So I don't know. Um, no, well, it might be more the community than than the the application. Well, no, that's the thing too. Is like. Um, on Spinster, I know that everybody I'm talking to already probably agrees with what I have to say. And it's like, so why yeah. like, they're already going to seek me out? Like, I don't I shouldn't be spending my time like trying to disseminate information to them or um, mm-hmm. present my arguments to them when they already like it's not worth it. You know what I mean? I should find somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I've been a little bit more active on Reddit, um, but I don't want to get kicked off of subreddit. So I'm trying to be like, you know, mm-hmm. um, careful. Chill, and, chill about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to post more on Tumblr. I don't really have like a strategy with what I'm doing on Tumblr, but I want to be come like more circulated. Even if it's like as like a hate thing, I still want people to be like circulating me more. Um, yeah, and then hopefully once my blog is up, I have like a couple of like high profile like gender critical people or like journalists or whatever who are like they're like talking to me like almost daily. So once I put mm-hmm. my blog up, they'll like help circulate it. Um, because mm-hmm. I think, like, if I'm off Twitter, as long as I have, like, people who are, like, well-known with a lot of followers who are circulating my stuff, it's, like, probably mm-hmm. pretty similar to if I was still on Twitter. I don't know. I'm trying to make the best it, of it. Our, our interview, I don't remember when it was. It was the beginning of this year sometime. I can't remember when it was. Um, but that, that's been – it's been shared over and over and over again. Yeah, so. it's shared everywhere. I'm constantly – like surprised it's like fucking everywhere <laughs> like it's like i turn on facebook and people are like have you seen this interview and I'm like i'm like yeah I'm, that's me um <laughs> that's me <laughs> yeah somebody somebody said this interview proves that men if men aren't the center of attention they get angry and try to dominate the conversation and I, i'm like not the guy who's in the uh, interview though and they they're like shut up nobody asked you i'm like i'm literally the guy in the interview forming the woman. So sorry to say not, not all men, but maybe in this case, it's, it's true. Yeah. I was so nervous for that interview. I was like shaking. I can't believe I stumbled over my words really? a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. You probably couldn't tell. I, yeah, I was scared, but now I'm like, way that more was chill. your first, that was yeah. your first. Yeah. Yeah. Like I also did a live stream a couple of weeks ago and I don't yeah, know. I'm getting more comfortable being on YouTube now, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. whole other mindset. You're great at it. You're an excellent communicator, oh, which which makes it it's a total shame that that you're being deplatformed. It, it's 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 unconscionable what what you're being. Yeah. How you're well, being my treated. plan for now is 
I want to try and interview like one detransition person every week or two. I just mm. want to get as many like different stories because like we don't have like any like statistics or like any like um, medicals or like scientific studies right now. So like all we have mm-hmm. is the anecdotal. So I just want to get as yeah. much anecdotal stuff out there yeah. as possible because like I have people all the time like comment like oh I, I connect with you in this way but your story in this way is not the same as mine and I'm like but there are so many people with stories that are similar and slightly different like if I get them all online people will be like mm-hmm. oh yeah that's like me um mm-hmm. yeah so eventually that's... anecdote does turn into data i don't know at what point but there's a point yeah well that's what i'm hoping yeah <laughs> well awesome ben i'm gonna have you on again uh maybe with sasha maybe i don't know or if, okay. if i'm at yeah. your disposal if you if you need anything let, let okay. me know i'm if something very dramatic happens i'll let you know <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what else could happen now, but we'll see. It's, we'll see. I, well, you're I, the kind of person that trouble finds you, even if you're hiding. From I you. yeah, I'm like pretty peaceful and friendly. I don't know. I don't know, like whatever. Like honestly, like if people talk to me, I'm not. I never have like malicious intent speaking to anyone. Like no matter who you are, well, unless you're like a confirmed rapist or something. But like, well, like, most people, yeah. But, like, basically everybody, even if you're, like, a trans activist, I'm, like, friendly with you and stuff. Like, I actually want to communicate. I actually want to hear what you have to say, and I actually want to give you my perspective. Um, yeah, it's all those pesky questions, though. You kind of... Yeah. That's, like, how I kind of got, like... Like, at the very beginning when I was, like, um, still in the, like, queer community, still believing, like, queer ideology, I started asking questions, being, like, I'm a trans mm-hmm. man, but I experienced this, and this is a thing that women experience, so, like, what's up with that? And people would, like, DM me and be, like, why are you asking these questions? What's wrong? Blah, blah, blah. Like, so that's, like, kind of how I started to, like, leave, because I was, like, I should be able to ask these questions. Why is nobody... Nobody has answers. Nobody wants to talk about it. Like, what is that? So, yeah. Like, that's... um part of like a cult is that you're only allowed to like know the information that's given to you you're not allowed to like look for your own information outside of it so like um please ask questions everybody um Mm -hmm. also like if this video gets a bunch of views like the last video um if you are in canada and you're like some kind of scientific researcher or a doctor or a therapist or in the medical industry um, feel free to contact me if you want to help in some way because I'm trying to set up like networks of people to do stuff and I just need people from all over Canada as much as possible. So, And if this I will link your contact in the description. Yeah, so um, now the best way to contact me is gnccentric at gmail.com. That's like my number one way to contact me. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And okay, cool. we'll cut it there. Okay. What are you up to for the rest of the day? Um...